This episode of Restaurant Recommendations with Foodism is brought to you by Pensador Mezcal, a delicious artisanal mezcal produced in southern Oaxaca and based here in London. Pensador actually recently sent me a bottle and it was delicious. It kind of had very earthy and rich tones, a real smokiness, which I think is pretty kind of classic for a mezcal. There was a hint of chili, which shone through when I made some margaritas to my dad's recipe, kind of gave this lightly spicy hint that you might expect from a a spicy margarita but without kind of having to actually add the chili which was lovely but there was this really nice kind of underpinning of an almost like honeyed finish it wasn't sweet by any means but it felt like it really balanced out the slightly stronger more kind of savory tobacco-esque notes which was lovely Pentstall also donate 10% of proceeds back to community projects in Oaxaca based on this and other ethical commitments they've been certified as the world's first B Corp mezcal Head to pensadormezcal.com and use the code FOODISM for 10% off your order. For ad-free listening and access to exclusive subscriber-only bonus episodes, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts and sign up to the podcast newsletter at tinypodcasts.co.uk. Somewhere between like India and chorizo and that just kind of like spread on toast with a bit of like honey drizzled over it. Oh my God. It was like savory. It was a bit spicy it was sweet it was salty it was like mm, delicious hi i'm molly and welcome to restaurant recommendations with foodism hi welcome the worst person you know has launched a podcast which seems to be the trend of the 2020s <laughs> if you don't know me i'm molly i'm deputy editor of foodism And Restaurant Recommendations is a brand new podcast with me where I'll be taking your dining problems and turning them into some incredible suggestions of where to eat in London and beyond. There's a lot of reasons why I started this podcast. I get a lot of questions from people all the time, people I know, people I don't know about where to go and eat in London because I spend my life eating in London. However, I get a little sick of typing the same Instagram DM over and over again. So I thought, why not take it to the airwaves? And I can just bluntly reply to people (laughs) with a link to one of these episodes for the question that they're asking me. Or I could just tell them to email it in and I'll answer it for them live on the podcast. But also because I think there are a lot of people out there in London navigating the very dynamic, exciting restaurant scene uh, who don't know me and who don't slide into my DMs or don't know someone who spends their life eating and drinking their way around London, who could probably use with some guidance on where to best spend their money and their pennies because there are some incredible restaurants in the city, but there are also some not very good ones. And all I want is for you to spend your money wisely and to leave feeling full and happy. Each week, I'll kick things off by giving you a bit of an idea of what a food editor gets up to in their day-to-day life, and then we'll crack into that week's dilemma sent in by one of you, our lovely listeners. So this week, my brother came to stay, which means that I have been eating out at less restaurants than I usually would in the average week. Um, He actually arrived a little bit under the weather, so my partner and I went to Victoria Park Market there's a great bone broth stall, which is so Gwyneth Paltrow of me. <laughs> but they make this great like Thai bone broth, which has got coconut milk mixed through it, a bit of lemongrass. It's like super savory and delicious. And I don't know if this is in any way scientifically proven, but somehow I have bone broth and I just feel like 
you know, in like a cartoon, when like a cartoon character has like, like I'm well. And so I feel, so I just made a noodle soup with that and some chicken and some Asian greens mixed into it. But um, on Sunday, it was my cousin's birthday. And so I took them all to the Draper's Arms in Islington. I don't love a roast. It's a controversial opinion, I know, and it makes me feel very foreign, but I will happily, enthusiastically eat the roast at the Draper's Arms. It is unbelievable. They do this incredible slow-cooked lamb shoulder, which just sort of like falls apart, melts in your mouth. That's my favorite way to eat lamb. And they do like big hunks of like bone in sirloin that is then sliced with like crispy rendered fat which literally like melts in your mouth and I'm just like hoeing away into these like little cubes of fat which is very not Gwyneth Paltrow of me life is about balance but then they all comes with just like your classic sides like cabbage and roast carrots um Yorkshire puddings really good roast potatoes like I literally like cut into one and held it up and it had like a crust on it and then like fluffy potato on the inside golden and just delicious obviously loads and loads of gravy I honestly think it's one of the best roasts in London and it does help that the pub is super cute and they've got a great wine list um I love it there and then uh, the night before, so on Saturday night, uh, one of our favorite sort of family restaurants in London is Towpath, which is um plot twist on the Towpath, um, in case that wasn't really given away by the name. Um, and I think it's just closed for the season because given its sort of indoor-outdoor location, it is only open between March and October. So we couldn't unfortunately go there. So I cooked um, from their cookbook. The Paposo, which is a um, sort of slow-cooked Italian pepper red wine stew uh, with beef, which was delicious, if I say so myself, with a kind of cheesy, buttery polenta and lemony cavallonero, which is an exact dish that I had at Towpath a few years ago. Yeah, this was a kind of, I'm usually out a lot more than that, but it's also really nice to kind of have weeks where you are just not going out because I think sometimes you can get a little bit kind of... I don't know, <laughs> ill <laughs> from eating out all the time. Look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. As it's episode one, we don't have any lists of recommendations yet because our two current listeners are me and producer Ross. So if you do have any restaurant recommendations that we can help you out with or any specific scenarios that my knowledge can help you solve, please do email us on shows at tinypodcasts.co.uk and we'll answer them in future episodes. In the meantime, however, we needed something for this episode, so I am going to answer my own question. It's like that meme with the Spider-Man, like <laughs> they're pointing at each other. It's like, I am both question and I am answer. <laughs> this is quite narcissistic. Yeah, uh, but it is something that I get asked a lot. What are the most hyped up restaurants in London that actually live up to the hype? Because... There are millions of restaurants in the city and a lot of them do very intelligent marketing, particularly on social media, and they can make you think that they're amazing or they get all the people that you know going there and so you think they're amazing. And then unfortunately, they just don't provide on the food front or on the service front or you leave feeling a bit shit. And I think that that's a pretty common occurrence and it can be really hard to just based off of a few social media posts, actually figure out if that TikToker is just saying they thought that that dinner was good because they were paid to go there. So we're going to kick things off with a restaurant that has Chef's Kiss, incredible social media presence. Like, I don't know 
what these guys have got going on, but everything they do on social media just like slaps. So it's a restaurant called Fallow in St. James. They just cook like food that you want to eat, like yummy food. And they put so much thought into the menu and they have a real focus on kind of like sustainability and, you know, like cooking with stuff that is a bit out of the box, but is better for the environment. So just to give you an example, they cook with cod's heads, which often, you know, if you're cooking with fish, the head just gets thrown away or wasted. But there's lots of incredible meat especially in like the cheeks of the head of a bigger fish that remains like super tender and (laughs) sorry to use this word but moist and then they basically drown it in this spicy sriracha sauce which is kind of buttery and unctuous and gives it a real good kick and it is I think visually one of the most kind of capturing plates of food which I think is also why it does so well on social media and you've probably seen it like everywhere, but it is as good as it looks, which I think is actually surprisingly quite rare. And then I actually went there a couple months ago and I'm going to be honest, I got pretty drunk towards the end of the lunch. And I actually can't remember how I ended up getting myself into this situation, but they grow their own mushrooms, like in the kind of like attic of the restaurant. They have like, this very like Breaking Bad-esque space where they're like growing mushrooms and I like just scuttled up the ladder into this attic to like check out their mushrooms and their mushroom room I can't remember I couldn't tell you how uh, that ended up coming about but it's really cool to see a restaurant growing stuff in-house and kind of yeah as I say thinking outside the box and making interesting ingredients and they use those mushrooms everywhere on the menu they do a really great mushroom parfait which is like mm, so delicious makes a really nice difference from you know like chicken liver parfait a really nice vegetarian alternative that still kind of comes with the depth of flavor it's food you want to eat which i think is also why it does so well on instagram or tiktok because visually it is super capturing but it tastes just as good as it looks and it's so worth the hype um Taking it out east for my next uh, restaurant, which is Singburi, which is a Thai restaurant in Leighton Stone. It's been around for a while, but it recently-ish was taken over by the son of the original owners, who has a real... He's just... um, He's got a real knack for Instagram and for building hype, I think. But in just like a really like give a shit way. Like they're not actively trying to do this. The food is just so good. It speaks for itself that the restaurant is just everywhere. They posted the other day that they're actually booked out for the rest of the year. Like you can't get a booking. And like this is a restaurant that has been around for a while. I'd say this hype has really built over the last kind of like two to three years. And like if I was a Laden Stone local and this was like the place that I went to for like Friday night dinner, I'd be so miffed. But you can't keep London, it's away from good food. But they basically have like their classic menu that they do every day and then they uh, have their blackboard specials, which is a rotating selection of stuff. But there are a few kind of key things that tend to be on there. One of which you have to order is the moo crop, which is crispy pork with Thai basil and chili really beautifully cooked little like nuggets of pork belly that are like crispy but kind of like soft meat and like mm, so good and spicy but not too spicy and then last time I went we had this really good salted fish rice which is kind of exactly what it says on the tin like really beautiful salted fish and a kind of classic sort of fried rice situation but it just gives this this real like savory element that is just so good particularly with 
if they have any of their kind of like prawn curries on the menu that delicious um the third one is a restaurant that i was convinced wouldn't live up to the hype and then was sort of annoyed when i went and it was as good as everyone said it was so it's Mountain on Beak Street, the kind of sibling restaurant to Brat, which is a one Michelin starred restaurant in Shoreditch. Chef is a guy called Thomas Parry. It's similar to Brat in that the focus is on kind of like Basque style over fire cooking. It's so lively and beautiful and the kitchen kind of sits really central, but it's this massive space and they've got this great subterranean dining area with a kind of with bar seating down there as well. But the food... Mm, it's just so good. What is it about cooking over fire when someone does it well? That's just amazing. We started our meal with these sobrasada and honey on toast little bites. So for those who don't know, sobrasada is a kind of soft cured, like a Spanish soft cured sausage with really similar flavor profile to chorizo. But it's somewhere between like induya and chorizo and that just kind of like spread on toast with a bit of like honey drizzled over it oh my god it was like savory it was a bit spicy it was sweet it was salty it was like mm, delicious um and like you know when you're like something just really kicks off your appetite because it's just flavor bomb that was definitely that and then i really just think the thing to kind of order here in terms of mains is it's really simple it's like grilled meat or grilled fish over the fire we got a really gorgeous john dory which came kind of drowned in this really beautiful lemon butter when the skin gets all kind of charred and like crispy and delicious but the meat just kind of slides off the bones oh amazing and that with just a kind of anchovy lettuce salad it's just really simple but beautifully done food the service was phenomenal. Everyone really knew what they were talking about. They were great at advising you what to order. The wine list was ex- like long, really long, with a great selection of sort of Spanish and Portuguese wines, which, because that's kind of the food that he's cooking, is sort of where I like to kind of choose to order my wines from. Um, yeah, it is. It's annoying because every man and their dog and their uncle and their mum and their cousin was there, was there and was posting about it on Instagram when it opened this summer and I was like, it can't be as good as everyone's saying it is. Like, come on. And then I went and I was like, yeah, it's just great. And I think it's exactly the kind of restaurant that you want to go to in Soho. It feels lively and it feels vibrant, but you're getting really interesting, great cooking, good drinks, and you kind of leave feeling like this is the greatest city in the world to eat in, um, which is all I really want to leave a restaurant feeling like. So there you go. The hyped up restaurants that actually live up to the hype. Uh, Fallow, Singbury, and Mountain. If you have any scenarios or situations that you need any restaurant recommendations for or simply want to ask my advice on where to take someone for a particular situation, please do email us on shows at tinypodcasts.co.uk so I can stop answering my own questions. I'm Molly Kodaya and this is Restaurant Recommendations with Foodism. Bye. (laughs) To get the beautiful print edition of Foodism straight to your door for free every other month, head to foodism.co.uk slash subscribe.